welcome to the Ranching Brunette Podcast. I am your host, Logan Robinson, and this is the podcast for aspiring first-generation ranchers by an aspiring first-generation rancher with one goal in mind, to get America ranching again. Alright, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I've never done one of these before, and a while back on my Instagram, I had asked you guys what kind of questions you would like to ask me for an upcoming episode. So today we're going to dive into some of those. I received quite a few on the questionnaire, but what surprised me is I got a lot of DMs on more in-depth questions that wouldn't fit in that little box. So those are going to be some upcoming episodes because they were really deep and insightful questions, and I want to take the time to answer those to help you on your journey. Today's episode is going to be kind of some of the fun, easy ones to answer And I'm really excited to share these with you guys, and I was really surprised on what you wanted to know about my journey. So question number one, why did you start the podcast? This is a fun one because I, as you guys know, I'm a big person of faith. I'm a very faith-based person. On my long commute, oftentimes I'll reflect in prayer and ask for guidance and whatnot on my journey in addition to listening to a bunch of podcasts. And this came to me through one of those reflective parts of my drive and it was like an epiphany and I was sitting here thinking I cannot find any information on somebody who's doing this first generation ranching journey from start and all I've searched for I can't find it and in my journey I've it's different now but in the beginning I was having a really hard time having ranchers open up to me and sharing what it takes to become a rancher and a lot of times they were multi-generation ranches and I so desperately wanted to learn more about the lifestyle and everything. And, you know, it was oftentimes really hard to have somebody kind of mentor you on that. And obviously, you know, there's always, you're always going to face no's before you'll get yeses. And I have had great ranchers really pour into me and help me on my journey and share this lifestyle with me. But I found oftentimes that wasn't the case for a lot of people. So I wanted to create a podcast where I could bring this information to others from ranchers that are willing to share this. And instead of them sharing it with one person at a time, I started thinking, hmm, how can I bring these conversations to other people that they could benefit from? And the podcast came to me through prayer. And it was like, here you go. Here's an idea, an epiphany for you. Take it and run with it. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I don't like the sound of my own voice. Like, I don't want to do podcasts. Nobody will listen to it. You know, all these objections. I'm trying to talk myself out of it. And God was just pushing through going, nope, I've got this idea for you. Let's follow it. Let's see what happens. I'm like, okay, I'm trusting you. I'm going to take it and run with it. And this took me a couple months to, one, not only figure out how to run a podcast, what equipment I needed, but two, how was I going to talk about these things when I'm still so new in my journey? And I felt I didn't have the qualifications to guide others on their journey. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I'm doing it. And I'm learning as I go. And if I can get folks on the podcast that are already successful, whether they're first generation ranchers or third or fourth generation ranchers, I can learn in these conversations and also share these with other folks who are finding the same struggles as me. And I started looking around and there really wasn't any podcast geared towards first-generation ranchers. Uh, Now there's actually quite a few out there uh, that I've found since I've started mine, and there's a lot of neat agricultural podcasts, Uh, but I wanted mine to be very specific on being encouraging and uplifting because we hear so much negativity that 
you know, this way of life is dying or you can't get into it unless you were born into it or you'll never be successful as a first generation rancher. There's a lot of false beliefs out there. And I know when I was asking about it, I was getting laughed at more than I was getting encouragement or advice. So I'm like, okay, a lot of people are going to face this and believe those false truths that people are putting out there. So that is why I started the podcast. I wanted to bring this knowledge and information to more people than just within a community or that's just within uh, ranchers reach. So I've been really blessed. Almost everybody I've reached out to, there's only been a couple that have decided not to be on the podcast for an episode for whatever reason, nothing um, personal or they just don't have time or didn't feel comfortable. Totally fine. But what I found is a lot of people are excited to share their information and their stories and encourage others to get into agriculture. And it's amazing to me how many people are willing to come on as guests and really just invest their time in this. Because as I've said before, guests do not make any money coming onto the podcast. So that is kind of where the podcast came about. It came through prayer and reflecting and meditating, if you will, on my drive. I have a very long commute, as you guys know. And that's one of those epiphanies that came to me. And a little bit deeper answer of that, ranching and agriculture is my passion project. I love talking about cows, ranching, farming, anything to do with agriculture. I love learning more about it. And it's something that's a deep passion of mine and has been for years. And I'm like, you know, even though I'm not a successful rancher yet, I'm an aspiring rancher. And there's other aspiring ranchers out there. I'm passionate about this and I'm willing to go out and talk about it and bring others on to talk about it. And I wanted to share my journey with you because a lot of times we'll learn from people who have had a journey starting from nothing and now they're super successful. But I haven't found a lot of people that are actually in it. So I'm at that level with you guys. I'm a first generation rancher building and I felt like I could relate with you guys a lot on my journey at this point in time instead of waiting till I was successful and have transitioned into being you know, a rancher full-time and everything 10 years down the road, I want to talk to you guys now because I can relate with you now because we're almost at you know the same level. I might have a few years head start on you. Maybe you're just finding your journey, but that's a big part of why I created this podcast. I'm passionate about it. I love taking the time to do this. I always learn something from every guest that comes on, and it's really neat to me where this has already gone. A lot of people who listen to the podcast aren't even in agriculture and that really surprised me. Uh, So I think it's neat because when you step outside your industry, you learn so many amazing things or you get a lot of epiphany moments. Get America Ranching again also came through prayer. So I'm like, okay, I want to create a movement, an agricultural movement. What is that movement? And I was thinking along and I'm like, man, you know, that'd be something, maybe something kind of cool, a little like a phrase or a saying uh, that would be part of this movement. And this also came in one of my drives and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I had to pull over. I was like driving along and all of a sudden in my prayer, I'm like, okay, God, I want to create this movement. How do I do this? You brought me here. I know I've got to do the podcast. I'm recording that. Now what? Like, how can I make this a movement for first generation ranchers or people who want to support agriculture or who are raising the next generation in ranching? And all of a sudden it was clear as day and it came to me just as the phrase states get America ranching again and I'm like okay that that's too simple I mean that's really close to make America great again somebody's already got to have that I'm like that's too simple no no and it was just this this feeling that came over me in this piece and it was like this is the saying this is the phrase and in researching it nobody had utilized it I couldn't believe it because it's so simple it came to me clear as day 
through my drive and I pull over. I'm like, what? No. And I was so excited about this. I pulled over. I had cell service and I start Googling it. Nobody was utilizing this. I'm like, okay, I am trademarking this. I'm just going to go ahead and invest in it and trademark it. And so I did. And it's in the final stages of the trademark process, which takes up to eight months, almost a year to do. Uh, that was something else that came through this podcast. So that's a big part of why I started the podcast. I know it's kind of a long answer, but I wanted to create a movement in agriculture and I am in the millennial generation and there's a lot of bad rap around millennials as a whole. It's interesting to me that there is that out there and so many people are so far removed from the farmer ranch. I wanted, I just started asking myself why it's not impossible to get into it. It is hard. It is a hard journey to pick, but it's not impossible. And why aren't more people talking about this? I absolutely love doing this. I get excited about it. Every morning I wake up and I'm just pumped to record the next episode or talk to the next guest that comes on. That is answer number one to question number one. I actually, several people asked me that question. So that was a lot of fun. The next question, let me pull this up here because I wrote them all down. Okay, how do you balance it all between your day job, ranch, home, and podcast duties? This is uh, an ever-growing skill that I'm trying to develop, but the big part of it is being intentional. So in episode number three, one of my first episodes, I talked about being intentional, and that is huge in how I balance it all. So... I created the digital content for you guys. If you go to our website, theranchingbrunette.com, sign up for our email list. I automatically will be emailing you, and it's a PDF that has a goal worksheet and a notes page, and also a video, instructional video on there. And I've utilized this for a while, and I go into that in the video, but that is how I balance it all. I set my intention for the week with three action steps, and then I also have a to-do list of smaller things. And that is a big part of how I keep everything balanced. So in the morning when I get up, I review my worksheet and I go, okay, here's my week. Here's what I need to do for my personal goals. On my drive to work, I have an hour commute. I am listening to podcasts. I am keeping my circle of people positive and uplifting like I talk about. Those are the tools I utilize each week on my daily drives. I'm being intentional in that hour because you can learn so much while you're driving. Even if your commute is 20 minutes, I did the same thing when I had a shorter commute before we moved to our new property. I'm keeping my self-development ever improving on my drive. When I get to my day job, I am there. I am focused on my day job. That is what is paying my bills. I'm a team player. I really enjoy the people I work with and what I do in my day job. So when I'm at my day job for, I now work 10 hour days, I am focused on that. On my drive home, I then pick up another podcast to listen to, or if it's been a hectic day at work, I will listen to uplifting and encouraging music that'll raise my vibrational energy. And I know that sounds like some hippy dippy stuff, but if you're listening to depressing music, it's going to impact you. If you're listening to uplifting, encouraging, upbeat music, it's going to impact you, except it'll impact you in a positive way instead of a negative way. So again, I'm being very intentional about what I am consuming and digesting in my day-to-day life. When I get home, husband and I both get home about the same time. Whoever's home first, we get dinner rolling. And then after that, it is chore time. I'm taking care of the cows. And when I'm taking care of the cows, I'm focused on that. When I am cooking dinner, I'm focused on that. So I try and just focus on the task at hand. Is it easy? No, not at all. Weekends, Saturdays is podcast day. I am putting an episode out for you guys. I am typically recording interviews 
on Saturdays. Uh, thank you to every guest who has been so flexible on doing this on a weekend. I know weekends are precious, and unfortunately, I don't have the ability to always record during the week. So it's been amazing for our guests that have taken time out of their family time on their weekends to record with me. So I'm getting episodes ready for upcoming weeks on Saturdays. And then Sunday, husband and I usually end up doing some kind of property project. I mean, we're obviously doing those throughout the week, but big projects. We do Saturday afternoons and Sundays. So we're continuously developing our property with fencing and all that stuff because it was a blank slate when we got here. In short, how I balance it all. Sunday night, I set up my next week and I write down what my three goals are and then my action steps and the how to get that done. And that helps keep me focused. I also keep a calendar so I don't forget anything. As things pop up, prioritizing and then setting your intention for the week. That is how I balance it all. Uh, I would love to hear how you guys balance your hectic lives. We do not have kids yet, so I don't have that whole aspect to balance in as well. You parents out there, you're my heroes because you've got your goals, your dreams, your day-to-day life, and then kiddos that have all their own activities and goals and things as well. You guys are truly amazing. I feel like I have, uh, I don't want to say an advantage, but I feel like I have it a little easier because I don't have that in the mix. So I would love to hear how you guys balance it all. So please message me and let me know your top tips for when we become parents and we have that aspect. I would love to know how you add kiddos into the mix and keep everything organized because I can only imagine how much extra that's going to be. Okay, next question. So this one cracks me up. You guys are followers of my account and you know that we recently just got our first tractor. Oh my gosh, I am so excited I got this tractor. It has been something that's been on my list and my goals for a long time. As you guys know in my episode, Cash Flowing Your Operation, I don't like to go into a lot of debt building this. So... I easily could have financed a tractor and all my cows and everything and get everything up front and make myself look really good right off the bat and make myself look like a full-blown operation. But if you listen to that episode, you know I'm not a believer in doing that because I don't want ever want to be in a situation where I'm financially stressed or this passion project is a financial burden. I don't ever want to be there and I encourage you guys to do the same. So how have we done round bales without a tractor for so long? I was hell-bent on not financing another piece of equipment until we had the previous piece of equipment paid for. And the things we needed at the time on our old property when we started out on three acres were a lot different than this property. So we could do just about everything on that piece of property with our side-by-side. And it was a flat piece of ground, okay? No hills. Like our new place is a mountain ranch. So our last piece of property, I could do round bales with our side-by-side. We created a little hay cart. We've got an old axle and my husband knows how to weld and he welded us this cart. So the side-by-side has a winch on the front and a hitch on the front. We could hook up this homemade, it's essentially a trailer, a really short flatbed trailer, single axle. We made this trailer completely for free with scrap metal we found on Craigslist that people were giving away or neighbors. We had a couple mechanic friends that had this old axle and had some old tires and whatnot. And so we either traded or they gave it to us to build this little hay cart. And what I should do is post a little video on Instagram TV on how we did this because I still have the hay cart. We used it one last time last week before we got our tractor as like a ceremonial last time of doing a round bale this way. Here's how that worked. We would hook up the side by side to the flatbed cart, the hay cart, hook that on, 
we had a hay spear, literally a, a spear you would attach to your tractor. We bought just the spear piece. We would stab it into the other side of the round bale. So we'd pull the trailer right up to the round bale. We would put the hay spear on the back side of it. We would take the winch and go up and over the winch cable, over the hay bale, and hook it to that spear. The trailer's backed up to the round bale. We start winching in that round bale. It pulled it up onto the hay cart, and then we could back it and drive it wherever we needed to go. That was on a flat piece of ground. Worked great for several years. I uh, didn't have any problems. I can move them around. And our neighbor at the time where we lived had a skid steer. So when we get our hay load, we, we borrow a round bale trailer and it would dump off as a 10 bale trailer, dump the bales off. And then once we had all of our loads in, our neighbor would let us use the skid steer to stack them all nice and neat. And then we'd use our hay cart for the rest of the year. So that's how we got by on the last property. When we moved to this property in the dead of winter, we moved the end of January. If you guys have been following my journey, you know that we had to improvise quite a bit because there was already several feet of snow on the ground here. We had the horses. I did not have the cows on the property yet. So made it a little bit easier, but I had the four horses and uh, we could not use our hay cart on the mountain with all the packed snow. So we ended up dragging the round bales down the hill with a truck. Our old truck tug has a winch on it too. So we would drag that down by the horses, and then I pitchforked hay all winter long, up and over the fence to them. And I tell you what, my arms were so toned by the time spring came, I was very thankful for that, even though it was not ideal. So we quickly realized, okay, a tractor's going to be a necessity here. We can't do it anymore. Uh, we got our hay load last month, and my neighbor, Jamie, at Cooper Creek Ranch, she's amazing. She has helped us with the last little bit of tractor work we needed before we finally got ours. She's such a sweetheart. She came up and stacked our hay for us with her big tractor. When I lost my horse, I talked about that in a previous episode, we had to put them down ourselves. And because we live in grizzly bear country, we could not bury this horse on our property because grizzly bears will dig up a carcass and munch on it. And they will come back to a rotting carcass in the ground. So because I didn't want to associate my piece of property with a food source for the grizzly bears. We utilized our livestock depredation program through Fish, Wildlife, and Parks and Department of, I think it's Department of Transportation is the other agency. They will come pick up livestock carcasses and haul them off. And then they utilize those carcasses in with wood chips to use for like road reconstruction and landscaping projects. Um, so basically they turn them into mulch and it's in an electrified yard that grizzly bears cannot get access to. So when I lost my horse, I really wanted to keep him on the property and uh, could not do that. So our ne other neighbor, he was awesome. He came down with his tractor because where my horse had broke his leg and where we had to put him down because he was immobile was not anywhere we could get this truck in to collect the animal. Uh, it's a big truck with a crane. They had to come pick him up. And so Wade came down with his big tractor and helped us out. And uh, my husband and him took care of this. I was not present uh, just because of how much this horse meant to me. So they took care of actually removing his body after we'd put him down. And so we've had some amazing neighbors. And I talk a lot about, you know, having mentors and other ranchers in your circle of friends. Because sometimes you need, you need help when you don't have the equipment yet. And I'm so forever grateful to my neighbors for helping us when we first moved here in this property. 
our other neighbor had a big tractor to help us plowing snow since our little side-by-side -side could not keep up with the amount of snow we had on new property. So I tell you what, you have neighbors and friends that help you on your journey. It's amazing how much that can impact you, and I'm forever grateful. Uh, those were times of need that we didn't know how we were going to do it. So there's been people who have helped us survive without a tractor for so long. So I know specifically that question was on how you did round bales for so long without a tractor, but there's so much to ranching that you need a tractor and I could not have done it without the people around me. So if you have people like that in your journey that are helping you until you get the tools or until you get to the next level, show your appreciation, be extremely grateful for them because these folks did not have to help us by any means and they did, and I'm forever grateful for that. So um, that is how we survived without a tractor for so long. I'm very grateful to have the tractor because I tell you what, I went and lifted my very first round bale with this tractor. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to make my world so much easier. And it's an old tractor. And let me tell you, chrome don't get you home, okay? So I've talked about this before. Don't be afraid to buy really used old equipment. Tractors hold their value. They are a very expensive piece of equipment. And there was no way I was going to be able to afford a tractor that was even 10 years old for the size we need for this property. Um, we're lifting heavy round bales, so I need a tractor that could do that. Uh, so this tractor is actually a little more than we needed. It's 83 horsepower. It's an old case tractor, but it was amazing to be able to find this tractor in our price range with all the implements we needed. Don't be afraid to buy older. Don't be afraid to save up. And you can upgrade later. You can absolutely upgrade later. This tractor is amazing. It looks a little rough around the edges. Uh, we'll be repainting it and whatnot down the road just to give it, you know, a breath of life again. But I was really grateful to find this tractor that meets all of our needs well below the price point I was looking at. So don't be afraid to wait for that and get by as much as you can when you're starting out because you can always upgrade later. And it's amazing how innovative you can be. The other way I've been able to do round bells for so long, this is really important. Obviously, I have much smaller pieces of ground than most ranchers, so I really have to utilize what grazing abilities I have and then how to obviously continue feeding my livestock once the, the grass is gone on the properties I've had to this point. And that is using Hay Chicks Slow Feed Nets. I buy the round bale nets in the size for livestock. So my cows have had no problem eating out of these. My horses have had no problem eating out of these. I buy the biggest hold nets possible. I'm not worried about slow feeding, but what I am worried about for anybody who has cows, you know how quickly they can destroy a round bale and then they're crapping in it, peeing in it, laying in it, spreading it all over. Hay is a huge expense, especially in how I run my operation. I really have to utilize hay about half the year. So six months out of the year. And that's my biggest expense. So I invested in the hay chicks, hay nets up front and I've had this hay net, uh, one's five years old and one is three years old. And it's amazing them being out in the weather year round, livestock chewing on them all the time. I don't, I've only had one tear that I've had to repair. It's incredible. And how much money these have saved me. Cause before I used them, oh my gosh, the animals would just destroy the hay and I'd waste so much hay or it'd blow away or whatever. And having these nets, I have minimal hay waste. It's incredible to me. So I make sure to use the hay chicks nets and round bale feeders to keep them off the nets. So you guys will see I have like the hay hut. I also have just the standard round bale ring, uh, hay ring around them, uh, just to keep anybody from 
either getting stuck in it. I have a couple horses that have shoes. It's important that, you know, they don't get from pawing at it or whatever. They don't get their shoes stuck in that. So that is how I've gotten by doing round bales for so long without a tractor or doing anything for so long without a tractor. And I will tell you right now, the biggest thing is neighbors, whether we were on our three acre place using our neighbor's skid steer or this bigger place, our first year getting set up here, our neighbors have been incredible helping us with their equipment. I thank them for paying it forward and helping us in our times of need. Uh, it's incredible. I don't know how I would have done it without them. So that's the biggest part right there. Otherwise, it's just been being innovative and using what we have. And it's amazing what you can get done with a pickup truck. So never underestimate, even if it's a little half ton, old beater truck. If you just use it as a feed truck and to get around doing things, you can get by for quite a while with just that. Okay, let's see. Oh, this was great. I love this. So a couple people asked me the same questions I asked guests, which was great. So your top two favorite tools of the trade. And I cracked up when I saw this. I'm like, oh, I don't know why I didn't ever think to answer this. And now I know how my guests feel because it is so hard to pick two. So I already mentioned one as far as I'm talking tools here. So I will stay specifically to tools. Definitely the HX slow feeder nets. So the big, or I should say round bale nets. I cannot do what I'm doing now and be as efficient without those hay nets. So by far, this is not sponsored by the way, but this is truly a tool that I've utilized that has helped me on my journey. I have never had a bad experience with it. Okay, so number two, as much as I would love to say is my tractor now that I have one for, gosh, at the time of this recording, I've had it not even a weekend, okay? But now I know, though, how amazing having a tractor is. So number two for me, because I am so new in my journey, I mean, I've only been doing this for about five years, would have to be electric fencing. And here's why. Because fencing is so expensive to put in, and we just moved to this property where we literally had no fencing, I've been able to buy just like the plastic stakes, you know, step-in stakes, and make smaller pastures throughout my property. Obviously, you need to train your cows or horses on this before you just let them out. Uh, so there's ways to train them, and they go into that in that book I've recommended, uh, the Grass-Fed Cattle Book. Listen to the podcast episode, My Favorite Cattle Books. Otherwise, if your cattle are used to electric fencing, this is an amazing tool. So even if you buy just one of those solar fencers, set one of those up, and then I just, I've used high tensile electric fencing for my permanent pens. And then when I wanna make smaller pens, I just use the step-in stakes with the braided wire, white wire. I've used the tape before, uh, just the little fine string. I've used it all. This by far is one of my favorite tools to utilize because I can rotate my cows or create new areas for them while I'm saving up to buy permanent fencing. So this is something I would highly recommend, but that would be my top two tools of the trade is those two things in my journey so far. I understand this will change as I go. So I love that question. That was fun. And it took me some time to reflect on it because there's so many tools and I love all of them. It's really hard to just limit that to two. Okay, so there were so many great questions. I'm gonna go ahead and make this into a two-part episode. And I like to keep these short and sweet as much as possible for you guys so you can easily fit them into your day or your commute or whatever. So this is part one of the questions you guys asked me. Part two is gonna be a lot of fun. There were so many great questions and I wanna try my best to cover them all. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you haven't already, 
go to the website, sign up for our email list so you can get the weekly goal worksheet and the instructional video to help you on your journey. All right, you guys, get after it. Enjoy your next week. I'll talk to you really soon.